Welcome to Grace in the Shadows. This is Dr. Marla Beeler and Dr. J. Dr. Jonathan Beeler. Well, hello, everybody. Hope you are doing well today. I'd like to give a quick shout out to Arusha, which is in Tanzania in Africa. Do you know in Spanish they say Tanzania? Okay. In Tanzania they call it Tanzania. Okay. But we say Tanzania. Oh, interesting. So. Well, Arusha looks like a pretty cool place. Yeah. It's located at the base of volcanic wow. Mount Meru. Meru, Meru, oh. I'm not sure. Um, and it's a gateway to safari destinations and oh. to Africa's highest peak, 5,895 meters, Mount Kilimanjaro. We have to go there. That would be get, cool. Get the RV? Annual migration. <laughs> um yeah. Annual migrations feature huge herds of wildebeest crossing its plains. Interesting. Ooh, nice. That sounds like a cool place. All right. You can check us out at graceintheshadowsor.org. You can text or call at 251-244-4645. Or you can email us at drjonathan at graceintheshadowsor.org. You do realize if we took the RV, once we get the RV, we'll have to take a boat. We are. Okay. It's going to cost a lot of money. Maybe we'll just fly. I, I think that might be better. Um, <laughs> I wonder how how long it would take to take a boat to probably a couple of weeks nowadays. Yeah, but it'd be co- cost a lot of money. I, I think it would. So yeah, maybe not. All right, I am sure that you have got some lovely jokes for us today, don't you? Yes. Okay, go for it. What's a ninja's favorite type of shoes? Oh my word, I have no idea. Sneakers. <laughs> Woo-hoo. Okay. I got another. Okay. What's the best smelling insect? A deodorant ant. Oh, my word. Where do you get these things? Oh, my word. Okay. Okay. You don't Uh, like it? uh, Deodorant. (laughs) Okay. All right. Um, I think I'm going to give some some facts now. Go uh, right ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We are moving into, well, we're in Thanksgiving week. It's the Tuesday of Thanksgiving week. So if you listen to this later, I'm sorry, we're talking about Thanksgiving right now. Um, there weren't any balloons at the first Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade in 1924. Mm. Yes. What did they have? Uh, they had floats. Okay. Yeah, there was Macy's employees, floats, and animals from the Central Park Zoo. Oh, so they brought some animals. Lions and tigers yeah, and bears. from the oh zoo. My. Oh, my. Large animal-shaped balloons made their first appearance in the parade three years later mm-hmm. in 1927. All right, I have a trivia fact for you. How many handlers are required for each large balloon at the parade? Give me a guess of number. 20. 90. Really? Yeah, yeah. And have you ever watched it when the wind's blowing real hard and they're trying to keep them from going into the buildings? That can be crazy. That's amazing, Grace. Yeah, right, right, right. All right. Okay, so do you, I know probably most people have heard this, but what bird did Benjamin Franklin want to be our national bird? The turkey. The turkey, yes. Now, some people believe this Thanksgiving fact is actually a myth, According to Franklin, the turkey is a much more respectful bird. He also believed the turkey was a bird of courage. Hmm. But what our national bird is actually the eagle, the bald eagle. You yes. know, on the first dollar bill, mm-hmm. the actually wasn't a, they, it was an eagle, but it was actually not an eagle that was yeah. drawn. Oh, it was a. Uh, oh, what are those? 
those birds called those uh, mythical birds the oh 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 Oh, not the oh, falcon. Oh my goodness. I can't think the of phoenix. it. Phoenix. Yes, the phoenix. Yes, yes, yes. Which yes. is a cultic bird. And it that is. gets into the occult. And, right. Uh, yeah, yeah. Secret societies, all that stuff. Well, uh, another thing to kind of mark that maybe he had said this there are some small towns that actually in the United States that have the word turkey in their names. There's Turkey, Texas, mm. 389 people, Turkey Creek, Louisiana. 459 Gobble. people. Turkey, North Carolina, which I didn't know, 295. And Turkey Creek, Arizona, 294. So there are small towns with turkey in their name. I like it. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. All right. And last fact, the largest pumpkin pie ever baked weighed 3,699 pounds and measured 20 feet in diameter. Whoa. It was baked in 2010 by the New Bremen Giant Pumpkin Growers in Ohio. It included a whopping 1,212 pounds of pumpkin, 109 gallons of evaporated milk, 2,796 eggs, 525 pounds of sugar, seven pounds of salt, and 14.5 pounds of cinnamon. What in the world were they feeding? Well, they fed 5,000 people, 5,000 wow. slices. Yes. <laughs> All right. So what's our topic today? We're talking about David, Jonathan, and Saul. All right. Cool. So it's 1 Samuel chapter 18. Mm -hmm. If you would read 1 through 4. I can do that. Dr. Marla. All right, Dr. J. And it came to pass when he made an end of speaking unto Saul, that the soul of Jonathan was knit with the soul of David, and Jonathan loved him as his own soul. And Saul took him that day and would let him go no more home to his father's house. Then Jonathan and David made a covenant because he loved him as his own soul. And Jonathan stripped himself of the robe that was upon him and gave it to David and his garments, even to his sword and to his bow and to his girdle. Wow. So okay. when, when he had finished speaking to Saul, you know, David had finished. And after killing Goliath, his conversation with Saul, his fame had hit the roof. Yeah. Because this was her, this was miraculous. Absolutely. Little boy killing. Yeah. Uh, this giant. Giant. Yes, definitely. And it was initially welcomed by the leadership. of Israel. Right. Uh, it, it says the soul of Jonathan was knit with the soul of David. Mm -hmm. Jonathan loved his soul as his own soul. You know, a lot of, there's some people that are perverted. True. That try to say, well, David and Jonathan were homosexuals. Oh, my word. But that is further from the truth. Yeah, they were like brothers. They were, this is how much mm -hmm. honor, uh, this is good friendship. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, in, the, in America, men especially are so impersonal. That is true. That is true. You know, uh, you go to foreign countries, you know, uh, they will, they will, some will hold your hand, give you a kiss on the cheek. <laughs> right, right. And it doesn't mean they're gay. It means they no. really love your friendship. And Absolutely. so this is going back to the Middle Eastern culture. Yes. And and that's exactly what it meant. Yes. Um, Jonathan was a lot like David, too. Right. They were about the same age. Jonathan was a little older. Yeah. Um, and uh, they really trusted and loved God. Mm -hmm. There's nothing like having a brother in Christ that really loves Jesus. Absolutely. Like yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. It's so important to have those people in our life. And, and the soul of Jonathan was knit with the soul of David. When you are really know Jesus, like we said in the mm -hmm. past, 
you can meet any Christian from anywhere in the world, and all of a sudden you feel like family. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, so it really and is not hard to yeah. understand that. You met some people like that on your last trip, so that's really cool. Yes. Every mission trip, you know, you just, you, you really treasure those people in your yeah. heart. Yeah, definitely. And uh, that's what's happening here. Jonathan took off his robe, and, and, and perverts will try to say, look what he did. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's just perverted. Satan right. loves to, and gave it to David with his armor, even mm-hmm. to his sword and his bow and his belt. Right. You know why he did this? Why? He did this because he knew David had the legal right and the privilege to be the king, next king of Israel. Okay. Jonathan was next in line as a prince. And so he's basically saying, hey, you're it. Tag, you're it. He's saying, David, you're right. You have the right to this. Hmm. Um, I I am laying down my sword. I'm giving you my, my robe, kingship robe. Because you are going to be the next king, not me. Wow. Okay. That's how unselfish Jonathan was. Yeah. I mean, yeah, think absolutely. about how unselfish he had to be. Yeah. I mean, he could have said, oh, I'm not going to be friends with this guy and killed him. Really? Really could have killed him. You know? He but instead, have. he took him on as his brother. Yeah. Oh, here comes some jail. You know the green-eyed monster? Yes, jealousy. There's a one eye, two eye, three purple people. No, not the purple um, people. Either. That's a different color. The green eyed monster, <laughs> the jealousy. Jealousy. And Saul gets jealous, and it's not pretty. Not pretty. And five through nine, Dr. Okay. Marla. All right. Whenever, whatever mission Saul sent him on, David was so successful that Saul gave him a high rank in the army. This pleased all the troops and Saul's officers as well. When the men were returning home after David had killed the Philistine, the women came out from all the towns of Israel to meet King Saul with singing and dancing, with joyful songs, with timbrels and, ly- and lyres. And that's not lyres as in lyres, but lyres is a musical instrument. As they danced, they sang, Saul has slain his thousands and David his ten thousands. Saul was very angry. This refrain, refrain displeased him greatly. They have credited David with tens of thousands, he thought, but me with only thousands. What more can he get but the kingdom? And from that time on, Saul kept a close eye on David. So, you know, you picture little David coming in and David, you know, Saul would start putting him out into war. Yes. uh, Giving him uh, Mm a high high priority, high position. Yeah. And I think he did that. Matter of fact, I know he did because it's right. going to say later. Yeah. Because he wanted David to get killed. Yeah. But David would keep coming back with success. Mm-hmm. And when the women started dancing and singing, so his playing his thousands, David, mm-hmm. his ten thousands, you can just feel that that green-eyed monster. Yes. Uh, you can sense that jealousy. Right. Probably from that evil spirit that he was suffering with. Absolutely. And, and and he could have thought to himself, well, you know, hey, this is like he's high up in my military now. So what they're saying about him, they're, they're also saying it about me. And he could have taken it that way. But instead, he, he took the jealousy route. You know, David could have really just ate up all this popularity. He could have. He, it doesn't seem like he did, though. But, you know, David behaved wisely in all his ways, and the right. Lord was with him. Yes. You know, he humbled himself, yeah. and he honored, even when Saul begins to try to kill him, mm-hmm. uh, his position. He did. He did. He he claimed him as his king, which he was. 
Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead and look at verse 10. Okay. The next day, an evil spirit from God came forcefully on Saul. He was prophesying in his house while David was playing the lyre, as he usually did. Saul had a spear in his hand, and he hurled it, saying to himself, I'll pin David to the wall, but David eluded him twice. So this distressing spirit Mm -hmm. that God sent uh, and allowed because Saul decided he was going to do things his way, not God's way, uh, was, was really distressing Saul. Yeah. Uh, and at first David was, was, um, told to come and play, right. Um, his calm instrument yeah. to calm his, calm, calm the evil spirit down. It worked. Right. But here it, it doesn't. No. He is tormented. Right. And he's so jealous. Mm-hmm. He picks up his, uh, spear. Right. And lunges it at David. Can you imagine sitting there, you're playing for the king, trying to calm him down. All of a sudden he throws a weapon at you. I would be a bit concerned. And it said he did it twice. Yes. Yes. Um, but David escaped his presence. Right. Mm. You know, Saul threw the spear, missed David. Right. You know, perhaps Saul's aim was bad, affected by poor mental or emotional state, or perhaps Probably. yeah, God's sovereignty. Matter of mm-hmm. fact, I know it supernaturally guided the spear right. to miss him. Absolutely. I think so too. Yeah. yeah. And David escaped his presence. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Later, you'll see he even does that to his son. Yeah, you're right. Jonathan. Yes. I yes. like his name, Jonathan. I, I kind of like his name, too. Yeah. Sounds kind of familiar, Dr. Yeah, J. Yeah, Dr. Dr. J. Jonathan. 12 through 16. Okay. Saul was afraid of David because the Lord was with David, but he had, had departed from Saul. So he sent David away from him and gave him command over a thousand men. And David led the troops in their campaigns and everything he did. He had great success because the Lord was with him. When Saul saw how successful he was, he was afraid of him. But all Israel and Judah loved David because he led them in their campaigns. So Saul was afraid of David because the Lord was with him. Yep. You know, some people don't like you because they sense the spirit, the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Within you. Absolutely. And so you may be working that job. Mm-hmm. You may be in a family that treats you and ostracize you or mm-hmm. what have you, but right. it's because of, it's not really you. It's the spirit in you. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. And Saul, Saul had the appearance of a king, mm-hmm. uh, but David, David had the spirit of a king. Yes. Yeah. Very true. Very true. I like that. And he made him captain. Mm-hmm. Once again, Saul's desire was not to bless David. No. But to set him up for harm. Yep. Uh, Saul's jealousy made him manipulate, Mm -hmm. working hidden secret agenda against David. Right. Yeah. But David behaved wisely in all his ways. Mm -hmm. Uh, But all Israel and Judah loved David. Yes, they did. Why do you think they loved David? Uh, They realized, uh, well, I think... God's they they identify God's spirit in him, even if they didn't necessarily know. I think that's what they did. Yes, and I think David was humble. Yeah, uh, he let others brag on him, not himself. Right. I think that obviously they sensed the Holy Spirit. Yeah, and um, David still honored Saul. Yes, he did. I mean, I, I'm going to be honest; I wouldn't have. I don't think I would have either. I would have had a bit of a dif- difficult time doing that. Yeah. 
Go ahead and read 17 through 19. Saul said to David, Here is my older daughter Mirab. I will give her to you in marriage. Only serve me bravely and fight the battles of the Lord. For Saul said to himself, I will not raise a hand against him. Let the Philistines do that. But David said to Saul, Who am I and what is my family or my clan in Israel that I should become the king's son-in-law? So when the time came for Mirab, Saul's daughter, to be given to David, she was given in marriage to Adriel of Mahola. So here's the older daughter of uh, Merab. Yeah. Saul promised to give his daughter to the man of kill Goliath. Mm-hmm. So, Mo- so Saul made good on his promise. Mm-hmm. But here's David. Yeah. David humbly says he doesn't deserve it. Right. Isn't that kind of the way we see, should see God's grace? Yes, you're right. None of us deserve it. No, none yeah. of us do. So David says this, but then he tries to make him jealous. Yeah. Uh, by giving her away to someone else. But David really says, okay. Yeah, he's like, okay. No big deal. <laughs> no biggie. All right. No sweat. Yep. You know, and that's once again, that is the spirit within David. Right. Uh, the Holy Spirit and the honor of the king. And that's where you get into people like, I don't like our president or our leaders. Mm. You don't have to like them, but we should respect them. Definitely. Yeah. Most definitely. Read 20 through 25. Okay. Now Saul's daughter, Michael, was in love with David. And when they told Saul about it, he was pleased. I will give her to him, he thought, so that she may be a snare to him. And so that the hand of the Philistines may be against him. So Saul said to David, now you have a second opportunity to become my son-in-law. Then Saul ordered his attendants, speak to David privately and say, look, the king likes you and his attendants all love you. Now become his son-in-law. They repeated these words to David, but David said, do you think it is a small matter to become this king's son-in-law? I'm only a poor man and little known. When Saul's servants told him what David had said, Saul replied, say to David, the king wants no other price for the bride than a hundred Philistine foreskins to take revenge on his enemies. Saul's plan was to have David fall by the hand of the Philistines. There it is. Wow. So Michal, Saul's daughter, loved David. She didn't love him. Uh, because she loved him for the reason he was attractive. Right. He had good characters, qualities, and fame. Right. But she didn't love him for his heart for the Lord. No. As you'll see later. Right. And the snare was to get him to fall Mm -hmm. with the temptations. Yes. As well as going out and fighting the Philistines and dying in battle. Right. He was pretty conniving. He was. He really was. He, He kept trying to kill him. But David says, who am I? Yeah. You see his humility there. You know, one of the first things I said when I got saved was, who am I, Lord? Who am I? Right. And that's the spirit of God that makes us like that. Definitely. Yeah. So the foreskins. Mm. So basically, uh, 100 foreskins. Right. And he 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 did all this and brought them back. Saul was probably surprised he, won- he did this. <laughs> he came back alive. Right. Right. And mm. so he marries... Mikal. Yes. Um, and uh, basically, uh, verses 28 through 30, read that. Okay. When Saul realized that the Lord was with David and with his daughter Mikal loved David, Saul became still more afraid of him and he remained his enemy rest of his days. The Philistine commanders continued to go out to battle and as often as they did, David met with more success than the rest of Saul's officers and his name became well known. So Saul saw and knew the Lord was with David, yet he still hated him. Right. 
And, and, and we wonder, why does that person pick on us at work? <laughs> or why does that person not like us? Right. At church even. Yeah, oh, yeah. Because maybe the Spirit of the Lord isn't with that person in church. Yeah, you're right. You're um, right. It happens. And so David kept succeeding in battle against the Philistines. And he behaved even more wisely and highly esteemed. Mm-hmm. And that had to drive him bonkers. Oh, I'm sure it did. Yeah. I'm sure it did. What do you think about this story, looking back? Um, you know, David, I'm not David, Saul was very selfish because he was trying to kill David. But look at all the military battles and the successes that David kept bringing back to Saul. You would think that mm-hmm. Saul would have appreciated it and realized, okay, well, all these people were killed because of me sending him out. But instead, he just became more and more jealous. And, and that is so sad. It really is sad because King Saul had the opportunity yeah. to glorify God yeah. in a good way. Right. And say, hey, God must really be with you. Look at what you were able to do. I mean, he still glorified God, but he was the bad guy. Right. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> so yeah, uh, he glorified God because David, it, it showed David's righteousness. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was more evident within Definitely. the darkness compared to Saul. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. This was a good one. This was a good one. I just, you know, the life of David is so interesting and to see how, you know, God's hands was all over him. It's really, it's really cool. And, and even when David falls, which we'll see, uh, God still called him a man after his own heart. So that's pretty cool. And with this, we know that God can take your mess, turn it to a message for his glory, for your good. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a great day. Goodbye.